Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Republicans continue to defend Donald Trump even after he incited a riot to attack and storm the U.S. Capitol. That's pretty much what Democrats laid out in a blistering opening of the second impeachment trial of Donald Trump. He hasn't been impeached twice now, the first president in American history. But going to the Senate, it requires for him to be acquitted or convicted. Democrats made the case that even though he is no longer in office, the Constitution still allows for him to be convicted. Folks, they opened this thing with a stunning 13-minute video. Any Republican, any conservative who defends Donald Trump after watching this video, shame on you. We will stop the steal. Today, I will lay out just some of the evidence proving that we won this election and we won it by a landslide. This was not a close election. And after this, we're going to walk down and I'll be there with you. We're going to walk down. We're going to walk down to the Capitol. Yeah! 
thousands of votes. They came in in duffel bags. Where the hell did they come from? doesn't it? When you catch somebody in a fraud, you're allowed to go by very different rules. So I hope Mike has the courage to do what he has to do. We fight. We fight like hell. And if you don't fight like hell, you're not going to have a country anymore. Republicans, the weak ones, because the strong ones don't need any of our help. We're tr- going to try and give them the kind of pride and boldness that they need to take back our country. Majority Leader. We're debating a step that has never been taken in American history. President Trump claims the election was stolen. The assertions range from specific local allegations to constitutional arguments to sweeping conspiracy theories. But, my colleagues, nothing before us proves illegality anywhere near the massive scale, the massive scale that would have tipped the entire election.
My challenge today is not about the good people of Arizona. And it will stand in recess until the call of the chair. We'll pause. Protesters are in the building. Thank you. Madam, uh, uh, Mr. Speaker, can I have order in the chamber? The House will be in order. The House will be in order. Okay. never been a time like this where such a thing happened where they could take it away from all of us from me from you from our country 
This was a fraudulent election. But we can't play into the hands of these people. We have to have peace. So go home. We love you. You're very special. You've seen what happens. You see the way others are treated that are so bad and so evil. I know how you feel. But go home and go home in peace. That video, folks, extremely damning. It, I mean, what more can you say? Trump's lawyers, they said a whole bunch of other stuff. It really don't matter. Joining us right now is A. Scott Bolden, former chair of the National Bar Association Political Action Committee. Uh, Scott, I, I'll tell you, I'll, if I'm dip, that's one of those moves where if you are a defense attorney and in the first three minutes of that video you say, Say, dog, we need to plead. <laughs> we, 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 we need to plead. Um, I ain't we got nothing. Cases like that. That, that, that. That's why you say, Johnny Cochran not going to get your ass off. That's why you say, Matt Locke not going to get you off. What was the other dude? Perry? Perry Mason, bruh. We need to go on here and just wrap this up. <laughs> and, and when Bruce Castor got up there, he was sitting there going like, uh, the, the birds are flying over and the sky is blue. It's a gorgeous day. Uh, I'm glad to be with y'all. I, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm, I don't know what I'm going to say. That, that's pretty much how I interpreted uh, the defense of Donald Trump. The, the, it was inexcusable. You know, what's interesting is, I counted, uh, this is their seventh group of lawyers for Donald Trump. That's the first thing. <laughs> Second of all, they, they came in at the last minute, right? So they haven't had a whole lot of time. But you don't need a lot of time if you've uh, you got a videotape and you want to argue constitutionality or the lack thereof, or you're going to argue the fact, or you're going to argue both. They did neither today. They had this incoherent argument that said, Nancy Pelosi rushed this through, even though he was impeached while he was president. But then after she rushed it through, they said they didn't have enough time to prepare and that constitutionally uh, this was inappropriate, even though Donald Trump was impeached when he was in office. And the Constitution says the Senate has jurisdiction over all impeachment matters. So if you impeach and then you run the clock out, the Senate still has to do its conviction or his trial to either convict or not convict. Well, and, and, and the, thing, the thing about it is, is, is that, and this is the piece here, the Supreme Court has also ruled, this ain't us. Y'all are the Senate. Y'all right. are to decide what's constitutional or not. You are to decide if guilty or innocent. That is not... The Constitution clearly allows for the Senate to decide that. And then when they say, the, the Constitution says high crimes and misdemeanors, it doesn't specify, which means right. that Congress can actually determine 
on its own accord what they constitute as a high crime or misdemeanor. Well, if there was ever a crime committed, you know, it's a federal offense to incite a crime. You know that, right? And, and incite a crime at the Capitol is a separate category of offensive if offenses. And so you certainly have a high crime uh, and a misdemeanor, you have a high crime and a felony. That's the first thing. But, Robert, if you ever look at Article 1, Section 3, which they didn't really get into, right, it provides specifically that one of the punishments by majority vote of the Senate is that you can no longer serve in office. And so once you are impeached and you are convicted, you're no longer in office. And then the Senate can then vote to banish you from public service going forward. It's right there. And what's amazing about the Republicans is they are the strict constructionists. They are the original contextualists. I mean, this is not a living document. The Constitution is what it is. The founders contemplated everything. And now you saw them looking at their tweets, in their papers, on their computers, completely ignoring these realities of contextualism. And, and, and now, all of a sudden, they're just going to do jury nullification and ignore it and say, listen, I'm going to go with it. It's not constitutional. While the Democrats ran this video showing Trump and showing the Trump's worst bad actors. It was like a rally of theirs that we've been telling them about for four or five years on steroids, right? You saw why they were there. You saw what they did. You saw them attack democracy in the Capitol in live color, in living color. And it is atrocious and absurd that the Republican senators, 44, voted to argue that the Senate did not have jurisdiction, let alone voting no eventually or possibly to not convict him. I think they're going to convince them otherwise. They may not get to the 17, but that video that you're going to see a lot of this week, that's a powerful piece juxtaposed with Trump there giving the order to go to the Capitol. Uh, absolutely that. All right, Scott Bolden, we surely appreciate it. Thank you so very much. And we'll see you. Uh, the comedy of his defense tomorrow. Let's go to uh, uh, our panel, Brandon Bryce, host of The Brandon Bryce Show, uh, to Ron Walker, founder of Context Media, Lauren Victoria Burke, National, National Newspaper Public Association uh, writer. Um, Lauren, I'll start with you. Uh, it really was laughable to to listen to, to Bruce Castor stand up there. I, 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 maybe he was confused. Maybe he thought that he was supposed to offer a filibuster. Maybe he thought that if I talk for the next, if I, if I, if I try to break Strom Thurmond's filibuster record, uh, I can somehow end this whole thing. Because in a filibuster, you could just stand there and just drone on and on and on about anything. I still have no idea what the hell they said for two hours. Right, yeah, and you don't know what the hell they said because they don't know what the hell they said. They were, of course, ill-prepared because they were caught off guard. Obviously, Donald Trump, uh, as Scott just pointed out, is on his seventh set of attorneys. So these attorneys were very ill-prepared, very late hire. They get out there and they made fools out of themselves. What were they supposed to say? I mean, what Jamie Raskin, what Congressman Raskin should have done is played the video and then just walked off, <laughs> just walked off the Senate floor because the video was the whole thing. You can't defend any of this. And there's no argument that they're going to come up with to defend any of this. You know, these people attacked the Capitol while mm -hmm. Donald Trump running his mouth. And then Donald Trump goes after several members of Congress tried to contact him, including the minority leader of the House, Kevin McCarthy. He ignores that. Wait a minute. And, and Kellyanne Conway. Right. That's right. That's right. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. It's happening simultaneous to him talking. The beauty of that of that video was, of course, they had sort of a real-time effect to it, a cause and effect. And how can you defend it? You can't defend it. These people attacked the U.S. Capitol violently. Their comments are highlighted. One of the things I kind of liked about the video is, of all the video that I have seen, I had not seen certain clips of that video. Some of that stuff was new. And, of course, they turn up the volume on the intent of what these people were doing. You know, they're chanting, what they're saying going in. Obviously, the the actions speak for themselves, but the words always uh, also speak. And, you know, what can you say? It's disgusting, it's crazy. And to quote Joe Scarborough, these people would have been shot in the face had they been black. There would have been four or 500 dead people. 
somehow they got away with, which is incredible, that type of violent attack and insurrection, seditious insurrection on the Capitol, and still somehow live to tell about it, which is completely incredible and insane. Brandon, uh, this is pretty funny. Seeing uh, as Caitlin Collins reports, Trump was deeply unhappy and borderline screaming over Bruce Castro's performance. Brandon, what the hell did he think he was going to say? They have no defense. I mean, it, you literally have the dude on tape inciting. Then, when they are attacking the Capitol, he's tweeting, dog and pence, who's inside. We got individuals. If they really wanted to go there, I would, if this was a real trial and Republicans actually had a brain and were not trying to suck up the Trump, they would call Kellyanne Conway. Did you call Donald Trump? Did you try to reach him? Did he answer <laughs> your phone call? No, he didn't. Kevin McCarthy, right. did you try to call Donald Trump? Yes. Did he pick up your phone? Yes. What did you tell him? We need the National Guard. What did they tell you? He was busy watching TV. If they actually call witnesses, they would be able to prove he was enjoying watching it all unfold. Bruce Cassidy, I, first of all, I don't know why in the hell... If you, Bruce Cassidy, you stupid enough to take the damn job to make right. yourself look like an ass in front of the world. Because, Roland, it's all about lawyers want to get paid. You know, it was one thing that was interesting. Even Alan Dershowitz said, what are they doing? Yeah, it, I mean, I mean, even he was, yeah, but, he, but you know, but he also said, yeah, I, I, I'm good. I, 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 I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna be on this. I won't be on this defense team. Yeah, I'm good. Because well, let know, me translate know, what he said. Yeah. Well, Trump out of office, so I, I, I ain't nothing more I can get out of his ass. So I ain't about to sit here and make myself look like a fool. No, well, here's the one problem I have with this, and I watched that video through and through. You know. The protesters that we had earlier this summer that, that also attacked federal buildings in Portland and Seattle, that didn't get covered. But when you look at a situation like this, not only did this get covered, but what's damaging, and it's unfortunate, first of all, we saw nooses at the Capitol. Unacceptable. But the other part of that is, and I, I'll go back to my, my colleague on, on the panel with me, the language. Okay, people riot. People have issues with the way the government's going. We get that. But some of the language, it's damaging. No attorney, and I am a Republican, but no attorney is going to take that case when clearly it looked like it was planned. And if you look at the language, they were looking for senators, Democrat and Republican. You can't address it. And even Mitch McConnell said, I don't want to touch it. It's time to move on. Let the chips fall where they fall. Teron, the thing that I find to be hilarious is that if you're a Republican and you're a Republican senator, if this ain't enough to convict, what you basically saying is there ain't a damn thing a president can do short of literally pulling a gun on somebody and firing the gun on live television. Otherwise, yeah, we good. But that's really what they're saying. The Again... The white folks who founded America, those racist slaveholders, I don't think they actually envision that there will be so many cowards who will be completely unwilling to ignore the Constitution and suck up to one person. I don't think they, they, they said, now, these people got to understand country over party. Not these Republicans. Not these, not these ones. Um, you know, I think it's important to put what happened on the 6th in the historical context. What we saw at the Capitol that day was no different than what happened in Rome in 1922 when Mussolini marched on the government. It's no different than what happened in Munich in 1924 when Adolf Hitler marched against the Bavarian government. What you saw was a coalition of racist, right-wing people who were energized by elements inside the government who didn't have the courage to push back against an authoritarian president. And what you saw was the result of that. Um, looking at some of that footage, some of it I had seen, some of it I hadn't, but 
looking at that, you can tell that these people were operating out of a central system that basically said that you can come to this come to the Capitol, you can commit acts of violence, you can invade the Capitol, and you will not face any real consequences because you have absolution from above. That's what you saw. What's really on trial is not so much Donald Trump right now. It's the American system. It's also Republican theory, because if you are a Republican right now, you're based your whole idea on the rule of law, and you're based on an idea of this due process that every American has to follow. That was a blatant disrespect, and it was a blatant disregard for the rule of law. It was an obvious disregard of law enforcement that they say they love so much, to the point where there were deaths of police officers that they're not talking about. That's what's really on trial right here. Donald Trump is really a symptom. He's not the cause. But it's important to let the, the American public know that there are consequences for these actions. But right now, there aren't any, there, outside of the impeachment, you're not really seeing a lot of that. I think it's good that this impeachment is taking place, but there's a lot more at stake than just one individual and one president. It's the future of this democracy and the fact that this democracy going to stand for what it says it does, or is it hypocrisy? See, th th what this speaks to, Lauren, is it's very simple. And that is, there is no such thing as the Trump base in the Republican Party. That the Republican Party is absolutely walking in lockstep. I don't want to hear even before it was like, well, you know, they were afraid that he would tweet about them. They were afraid of the things that he would say or do. He no longer has power. He's no longer in the Oval Office. He no longer is on Twitter. He's no longer on Facebook or on YouTube. But they, this whole idea, they're still scared of him. No, no, no. They agree with him. They agree with his supporters. They agree with these people who say the election was stolen and that he is the rightful heir. Kevin McCarthy set his ass on Fox News and said, Trump won! Trump won! Landslide! You can't now come back and say, okay, Trump didn't win, but I was kind of just saying that. No, no, no. You did that. Which, see, I don't... I don't I don't trust any of them now. If you are a conservative or Republican, and today, if you're still on the side of Trump, I can, I can and never will trust you or want to hear from you again. You know, it's not just still on the side of Trump. If you're not, if you're not loudly denouncing this and loudly saying something, then clearly you're okay with it. And you're right, Roland, all this nonsense about they're not doing anything because they're afraid. They're not doing anything because they agree with it. Because had he pulled it off, they would have been okay with it. Kevin McCarthy would have been okay with the election not being certified and, and Trump staying in office. They would have gone along with it. So that's clear. I actually think the modern Republican Party, as we know it, is over. It's, it's gone. Because, you know, people like Liz Cheney represent the minority. They don't want to admit it, but this is the extension of the Southern strategy. This is the extension of them thinking that they should be in charge of everything, that black people don't matter, that you you get your voters through racism, through scaring white people through racism. They've been playing this game now for five, six decades. And now that they're at the point where they watched a black man get elected president built on a very... Uh, a racially dynamic coalition that involved a certain percent of white folks. They've been losing the popular vote in these elections now for the last four out of five. Or, and, and so they don't have a solution to win nationally. They're losing. They know they're losing. They know they're going to continue to lose because the demographics in this country are what they are. They're afraid of that. And they've chosen effectively tyranny and dictatorship over democracy. That's what they're doing. So Mo Brooks and Gosar and these people are not alone. They would have gone along with it had that election not been certified. They would have gone along with it. That is the not-so-dirty little secret. There's nothing secretive about it. We know that this is true because that's what they were saying. And now in this moment, okay, after watching that video that was played, you still got a bunch of senators sitting in there oh, I don't know what to do, I'm undecided, I don't know what to do, because they agree with it, because they know where this is headed. They're looking at Kamala Harris, they know that she's the likely person to come next after Joe Biden, and if it's not her, possibly somebody else. 
But I think that moment when the first black president of the United States was elected, that was very clarifying for anybody who has an inherent problem with somebody black being in charge. Donald Trump was the backlash of that. And now we got even more backlash with this seditious insurrection, this violent insurrection on the U.S. Capitol. You know, the, it, look, it's just, it's, it's, it's not, this is not difficult, Brandon. It's just not. This is really not hard. This really is a, a question. Are you going to stand on this side? Or are you going to stand on the side with these white domestic terrorist traders? That's it. That, that there is no... See, they can try to make this thing as complicated as they want to. Not complicated, bro. You it's know, not Roland, complicated. You know, Roland, he, he, here's the issue. And let's go back to when Donald Trump first came in. Let's be very clear. The Republican Party didn't want him. He was not their first choice. Their issue is it was a double-edged sword because he was the man that could actually win the White House. And that came at a price. Now the challenge is he had the White House. And as you can see, some Republicans had to stick on principle and our values versus a man that, in some cases, some people feel created his own base. Now, the issue is, who's the new base? And that's the problem. And so now, it's when you have people like Mitch McConnell who are saying, well, you know, we, we need to move on. and all. Well, they weren't saying that before the election time. Now that they're elected, they're safe. And people were scared to go against Trump, if you remember, back in September and, no, and, and October, thinking if he had went, their seats were at jeopardy. So it's all politics rolling. Now, see, this is where, to run, this is where I, I, I got to disagree with Brandon. This is the Republican Party. They, but they thought, no, no, no. They thought we can control the Tea Party. We can, we can control and shape uh, and keep at bay those, uh, the, those impulses of those people. So what we're going to do is we're going to ride them to victory. We're going to ride them to take control of the House. We're going to ride them to take control of the Senate. You, you, you take the Sarah Palin's of the world, okay, when McCain picked her. They all thought we can, we can manage them. Right. Remember, remember when they got elected? Folks said, don't worry about it. When they come to D.C., they're going to realize how things work in D.C. So all of a sudden, they said, oh, yeah, so, so now they come. And so then the House Freedom Caucus all of a sudden uh, frustrates everything. John Bain is like, the hell with this, I'm out. I'm out. Remember, they denied Kevin McCarthy from becoming Speaker of the House. That's how Paul Ryan got the job. Okay? So now all of a sudden, you look at that in those eight years of Obama and the constant deal. Then 2016 rolls around. The impulses that they said we can manage... Now, all of a sudden, an individual with no morals, no values, no right. principles, who is a moral degenerate, comes along, and he is now articulating what the crazies say. To Brandon's point, oh, yes, the, the, quote, traditional Republican Party did not want Donald Trump, but they wanted the votes of the people who thought like Donald Trump. Then those forces merged, and it merged, and it leads to the election of Trump. Then they go, okay, we can't stand his ass, but we like power. We get our judges. We get our tax cuts. We get our deregulation. So what we're going to do is we're going to ride this till the wheels fall off. Well, guess what? The wheels fell off January 6th, and now they had a choice to make. The choice they had to make to run was... Hmm. Do we do we side with the American people? Do we side with the Constitution? Do we side we know what's right? Or do we keep playing footsie with the people who brung us here, who elected Trump? They chose to do so. 140 House Republicans vote not to certify the, uh, certain electors. They went on their floor in the, in the, in the Senate and gave those speeches. Liz Cheney stands up and Liz Cheney speaks with authority about what should 
happened and that this man did wrong. Then you have Matt Gates and others who tried to strip her of her power. And the only reason she is still holding on to run, the only reason is because the vote was secret. If the vote was public, they would have removed her from office. No, they got to own this. They got to sleep in this bed. This is the Republican Party of the 21st century. I agree with you, but I think there's another point that's very important to pay attention to. It wasn't just the Republican Party that got into bed with Trump and said that we could manage him. You also have to talk about people on the left and also people in the Democratic Party and liberals who thought that he wasn't going to be a serious threat because they saw him as a clown and he saw him as a joke. I mean, we saw clips of people on cable news shows who were and people who gave people warnings and saying that, look, if you there's Trump has a very good chance of winning this election and they got laughed off the stage or they got disregarded. What people don't realize is that it's not so much about Trump, it's about what he represents. And what he represents is the resurgence of white male power. That's what people invested in the Trump. That's what they were fighting against and they didn't realize it. It wasn't about one man and it wasn't even about the extreme elements in the party. People who latched on the Trump latched onto this idea that this is the man that's gonna give us power. We've, been, we've had eight years of a black male president. We've had four years of protests against police brutality, and we're tired of that. What we want is to have, quote unquote, make America great again, which in their minds means bring back the domination of white males. Regardless of anything he said, regardless of any legislation he passed, that is an emotional response and that is an emotional appeal. And I don't care how intelligent you are or how much data you give to somebody, you can't really beat an emotional appeal like that with data. They latched on to Trump. They clung to him because they saw him as their representation and they were going to go along with anything he did, no matter how horrific it was. That goes from somebody living in a trailer park to somebody who's in Congress, who can hitch their wagon to him. That's what they're dealing with. And I think some people still don't really understand that's really what is at the base of a lot of this. That's what you saw in the 6th. That's what you saw in a lot of the legislation that was passed over the last four years. And until that is addressed and until that is actively combated, you're going to see this thing happen again in the next two years or maybe the next four. See, I, I'm just not going to let the people off the hook, uh, Lauren. Ain't going to happen. I'm not letting them off the hook. And my whole deal is, if y'all want to ride with them, I'm good. Every single one of y'all must be taken out. I don't want to hear shit about unity and, oh, <laughs> let's we, we got to move forward. We got to put the country back together. Oh, if we do this... This is going to split the nation, and they are in pain, and they, they've got to heal. Damn that. If you supported what took place on January 6th, and you are willing to not condemn it, and you are willing to go along with it, and you are willing to keep the people in power who wanted January 6th to happen, y'all can kiss my ass. Yeah, it's like what Dr. King said about the, the white moderate, right? So we sit up here and they don't realize the danger of racism. They don't realize how dangerous it is to let these people run wild unchecked, which is why you can have two or three events in Washington, D.C. before anybody says anything that led up to this moment. You can have Charlottesville and everybody just sort of falls asleep until there's a open air riot you know, uh, in front of everybody's face. And, you know, it's always African-Americans because we are at the, uh, we are the target of these, you know, uh, racist nuts. We're always the ones that are first out the door to say, okay, we have to be very careful with these people. And I agree. I, I'm not into this idea that, you know, we're going to sing Kumbaya and all work together. They need to be punished. They need to be prosecuted. The FBI needs to hire a thousand more agents to catch everybody that was there and prosecute them. They have to be taught a lesson and they have to be shown what happens when you do this so that they don't do it again, because they will do it again. They'll plan something and they'll do it again. The minute that they start re realizing that they can get away with it, and they start realizing the people who have been prosecuted aren't getting much time. This idiot that's sitting over here in Alexandria who can only eat vegetarian food and they move him to a facility where he can eat vegetarian food. That, that sort of tells you what direction this is going in, in terms of the lack of prosecution. But until you teach these people a lesson and confront them, you will get this again and again and again. And I get it. President Biden wants to, you know, oh, I want to do unity and I want to make sure that 
The Republicans feel comfortable. Forget all that. Forget all that. The Senate should be moving after this impeachment to expel from the Senate two members because they were involved in the sedition. That conversation that we had last week about Green and Boebert, that should have been an expulsion conversation, not a conversation about taking them off of committees. Who cares about which committee they're on? You know, we're finding out that they were they were escorting people through the uh, Capitol to uh, to show them where everything was at. I mean, you got to be kidding me. You got to be absolutely kidding me to allow these people to get away with this. And certainly none of the members of the Congressional Black Caucus could ever get away with this foolishness, not even in the least. And I'm not sure why any member, white or black, should get away with it. But it has to be confronted very directly and with a lot of punishment applied to it. This here is a tweet from Brandon from Republican Frank Luntz. Go to my iPad. I just watched the January 6th video. People need to go to jail. What a disgrace and an embarrassment. Those who destroyed the Capitol and those who encouraged them need to be held fully accountable. No exceptions, no excuses. Send them to prison. Brandon, I find it hilarious how the law and order party now is like, you know, everyone makes a mistake. In the words of Mike Lee, we can give a mulligan. A mulligan is an extra golf shot. A mulligan is not kill a Capitol Police officer and everybody's good. Capitol Police officers lose their fingers, eyes gouged out, brain damaged. Ah, it really wasn't that bad. When you got this Congresswoman Mace saying to uh, Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, well, you really weren't in the Capitol. You're not telling the truth when she actually said the Capitol complex. As if they were only knocking on a couple of doors in, in Congress. See, I got no time. I got no time for games with these people. I I'm not trusting these people to look after black folk. I'm not trusting any of them because they do not, they, they do not have the interests of our people. These they are they have courted, they have accepted, they have embraced racists and bigots who now have guns. Who were there with who were twist who were there with with the zip ties? Who were there in armor? Who were there in body armor? Who were communicating on radios? They knew they and you had members, Republican members, who were letting folks know where people were, the moves they were going in. Congressman Jim Clyburn said, "How did they find my private office?" Not a public one. They, he said they walked past his public office and they came to his private office. How did the panic buttons in the office of Congresswoman Ayanna Presley get removed? This is real. And this man must be convicted. And any Republican who stands with him, all Democrats need is what, 10 or 17? I want to know Who's going to stand with Donald Trump? And if they do, I don't need you to show me anything else. You show them exactly who you are. We're rolling a couple things here. Frank Luntz, I think, is absolutely right in saying, I mean, anybody with a brain that watches this video should be right on when they say, if you were part of that, you should go to jail, period. The problem is this, Roland is that, you know, when you talk about racists, I mean, let's be very clear. We can go to your Democrat, Senator, former Robert Byrd, who was this president's mentor, uh, who was probably, who was a grand wizard. So let's get out of the Democrat racist comment. No, 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 wait, 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 wait. Here's my question. No, no, hold on, wait, wait, wait. If you're going to do apples to apples, when was Robert, when was Robert Byrd in the KKK? It doesn't matter. No, 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 I'm asking, no, 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 here's my question, here's my question, here's my question. Did Robert Byrd, again, I'm not defending Robert Byrd, I'm going through facts. It sounds like you did. No, I'm not. Actually, I'm stating facts. Did, can you show me evidence where Senator Robert Byrd asked people to come to the Capitol, to the United States Capitol, to overthrow the government? No. Okay. No. Are there but, in, are, oh, wait, 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 wait a minute. All right. Do we have existing members of Congress who are Republican who were playing a critical role 
in the attempted overthrow of the government on January 6th. That's fair. That's now, fair. Right now. But, but, so uh, so, so uh, here's, my, here's my whole point. Here's my whole point. That's fair. No, no, here's my whole point. These are elected people by people in their districts. No, 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 hold up, like hold up, hold up. Like no, here's the deal. You can be That's elected. Now, remember, no, 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 no. See, remember, you can be elected by the people, but the same Constitution has mechanisms to remove you regardless of if the people put you there. So it doesn't matter if the people elected them. If they were engaged in an insurrection, if they were committing treason against the United States, if they are traitors, if they were trying to interfere in the certification of the next president of the United States and the desired outcome was to keep Donald Trump in office, that means they wanted to overthrow the will of the people, 81 million who voted for Joe Biden and not the 74 million who voted for Donald Trump. You can, so again, so the point I'm, uh, the break, I'm break, and let's be clear, what they were trying to overthrow wasn't just the will of 80 million, 81 million people. They were specifically trying to overthrow the results in Atlanta, Detroit, Philadelphia, Milwaukee. That's called black people. That's why I call them racist. Then explain to me, Roland, why even Joe Biden, the president, said he didn't think that the, that the Senate impeachment was going was gonna to overturn. You know because, why? Because he knows it's politics. No, because, no because, because he also knows, he also knows that Republic, the Republican Party today is gutless. They have no moral compass. That they are completely driven by appeasing the racists and the bigots and the white domestic terrorists who stood with Donald Trump. They want their votes. They need their votes because you might be a Republican, but it's only a couple of you. They cannot appeal to black people. They do not get a majority of Latino vote. They don't get a majority of the Jewish vote. They don't get a majority of the Asian vote. To run, the Republican Party today is the party of white America. That, and it sounds like that, it sounds like the RNC needs a new chair. And needs no, one no, guess what? The and, the, and, and the same white people re-elected her because she was Trump's girl. Tehran, go ahead. No, um, again, I just want to um, point out the fact that, yeah, the Republican Party is the party of white supremacists. But the thing about them, I don't agree with you when you say they're spineless. They are very, very um, courageous when it comes to pushing their agendas forward. Because if you have an agenda that's basically founded in white supremacy and founded in the idea that what we believe in is the advancement of white people, we only care about the wealthy white people, we'll bring you in if you are have some color in you as long as you're wealthy enough to sit with us. They stick to that. But I think what happens a lot on the Democratic side is that too much of the Democratic Party is caught up in trying to be moderates and trying to be everybody's friend instead of trying to be fighters. I think that's starting to change now. And I think what happened on January 6th woke up a lot of people on the Democratic Party about how that's going to have to change. But you can, a bullet can only get so far as you allow him to get. You're going to have to raise up fighters and you're going to have to raise up people on the left who are not afraid to call for an impeachment, who are not afraid to call for the removal or the incarceration, if need be, of members of Congress who threaten the lives of other Congress people. That's what's going to happen. You know, a snake is always going to be a snake. You can't really reform that. That's not going to change. I'm not really concerned about trying to reform these people or even trying to reach across the aisle to talk to them. People on the left and people who care about justice have to be solid and they have to be aggressive about what they believe in. Otherwise, it's just talk. Lauren, final comment. You know, what's so sad about the whole thing is that the Republican Party would rather have racists than go moderate. They actually could attract enough people to their coalition to win some of these elections. The national elections are very close, and of course, a lot, a lot of states, it's very close. But the Republican Party has decided that they would rather court the base, which is just a fancy way of saying court, court a bunch of racists, then go moderate, change some policies, and maybe attract some of the constituencies that they need to win. They're just so dug into, we're not going to change anything, because 
we, at the end of the day, their formula of trying to attract their electorate by uh, by hating black people and effect effectively saying things like, you know, welfare queen and all this other nonsense to get white people to come to their side, they would rather play that game and continue continue to play that game than to just alter some policy and really try to appeal to black people. That's what's so sad about it. That is that is that tells you all you need to know. And you can see it on the national level from Rona McDaniel, McDaniel. You could, of course, see it from Donald Trump, but you can also see it from a bunch of U.S. senators. It's not just about Donald Trump. It's about a lot of people who agree with what he was saying. They were thinking it the whole time, and he was saying it out loud, and they were okay with it. And now they're they're out of the the, the jack in the box is out of the box. Now they're now they're just out there full on racist now. And Fox News has just become a work of fiction every night. They're basically putting on a complete fictional broadcast to live in an alternative reality because they can't deal with the fact that black people, Latino people, are try are starting to take on more and more leadership roles in this country. Folks, Brandon. So, Ron, I certainly appreciate it, gentlemen. Thank you so very much for joining us on the show today. Lauren, you get to stick around because in the next hour, we are going to pay tribute uh, to one of the original members of the Supremes, Mary Wilson, who passed away last night, last night at the age of 76. We'll be talking with a number of folks who knew her well. Eddie Levert, uh, Jeffrey Osborne. We'll hear from Cindy Heron of En Vogue. Also, uh, we'll hear from uh, Melba Moore and others as they pay tribute to the great Mary Wilson. That is next, Roland Martin Unfiltered. The U.S. uses more than half the world's healthcare resources, but we're ranked 43rd in the world for life expectancy. How did we get here? The political determinants of health include how we structure relationships, how we distribute resources, and how we administer power. What does this look like at the individual level? Take Jessica, for example. Jessica's 19. Her dad relies on mental health and substance use programs, but when these programs get cut, he becomes too difficult to live with. She leaves home. The neighborhood Jessica can afford has no grocery stores, limited public transit, and limited health care. To save money, policymakers change the water source to a more polluted river. Jessica has a minimum wage job with no health insurance at a convenience store that offers free snacks while she works, which she takes advantage of because they're free. When Jessica becomes pregnant, she can't get health insurance because pregnancy is a pre-existing condition. And she doesn't realize that the salty, fatty snacks that she eats at work are bad for her baby. Jessica gets a ride to the closest clinic for a prenatal appointment, but the doctor is rushed and rude to her. She doesn't go back. Jessica develops preeclampsia and almost dies during her son's premature birth. He's born with cognitive defects because of poor diet, contaminated water source, and lack of access to prenatal care. As he grows up, Jessica learns that her school district doesn't have the resources to accommodate her son's special needs. He drops out after eighth grade and will repeat the cycle of poverty. Through Jessica's story, we begin to see how social determinants, environmental determinants, healthcare determinants, and behavioral health determinants take their toll on our lives. And Jessica's story shows us how political determinants supersede personal responsibility. Equity in our policies is a process and an outcome. Change comes when we can identify political champions at all levels and figure out how our most pressing issues align with their policies. For more actionable solutions to close the health gap, read The Political Determinants of Health by Daniel E. Dawes. Y'all know who Roland Martin is. He got the ass got on. He do the news. It's fancy news. Keep it rolling. Right here. Rolling. Roland Martin. <laughs> right now. You are watching Roland Martin. Unfiltered. I mean, could it be any other way? Really? It's Roland Martin. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. 
he says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Are you looking for the perfect move in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.37. 5% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.